I like living with a cop. They have the best stories. It's really, really hard to knock them out of their equilibrium. They're in and out at all hours, which makes them perfect roomies for the undead. And it's nice hearing stories that don't start with, I stirred from my corpse snap, ravenous for the taste of human blood, and also needed to do some Christmas shopping, so I went trolling for rapists in the Mall of America parking lots. On the rare occasions I pull my head out of my ass and take a frank look at my living conditions, living with a cop never hits the disad side. Police work is greedy, though. It's always hungry. Some asshole is always making trouble somewhere, and some cops will get stuck trying to fix it. And whether they do or don't, another asshole is always coming along. I was touched and horrified to realize that Nick slash Dick saw life in our mansion a monsters as a respite, a place where he could relax and let his guard down. In a mansion full of the undead, this sort of thing relaxes him. Yeah, weird, right? Poor guy. If I hadn't known Dick slash Nick didn't need the job, I'd have felt a lot worse. But he didn't, so I didn't. Detective Barry was also a deer, as in John Deere, as in Seven Figure Trust Fund. That brought the number of millionaires in our household to five. Tina had to be rich. She was too smart not to be. Dressed far too well, those hand-tailored plaid skirts weren't cheap. Taught Sinclair everything he knew about finance, had her claws in too many undead pies, and, my God, that's such shitty imagery. Claws and pies. What was I thinking? Minnesota was an equitable distribution state, so Sinclair being rich meant I was too. I learned more than I ever wanted about equitable distribution versus community property when the aunt torpedoed my mother's marriage. It bugged me sometimes. It was like living in a Richie Rich cartoon, as written by Wile E. Coyote. Hard to believe, often illogical, always mystifying. How many people were on intimate terms with millionaires? Hardly any, right? And there lies my problema grande. I was afraid of becoming the monster ancient me had been, and I knew the best way to avoid that hideous future was to stay grounded. Except I was a vampire, and a queen, and rich, and lived in a mansion, with millionaires. Grounded? Shit. Not even when I was alive, sharing a duplex with Jessica and Brown bagging it so I could scoop up some Marc Jacobs Caprice sandals. I was always the ordinary one surrounded by interesting weirdos. It only got worse after I died. And despite their claims, I was still the ordinary one surrounded by interesting weirdos. Also, how sad is it that I could start talking about living with a cop and turn it around to not wanting to be evil? No matter what the topic, the economy, 30 Rock's final season, killing the devil, hiring minstrels— It always came back to me not wanting to grow up to be me. All that to say, I liked living with the new and improved Nick Dick Barry. He was something else I'd accidentally changed. He was my proof that I didn't have to become the bad guy. Plus, the benefits for me were super cool. Along with not turning evil and not writing the Book of the Dead on Sinclair's skin— 
Nick's personality change, in my arrogant opinion, was in the win column. The old Nick? Not a Betsy fan. Well, he was in the way that deer hunters are deer fans. Nick, not Dick, had pulled a gun on me more than once, and not in a sexy role-playing way either. But that was fair, because Sinclair and I had forced ourselves into his mind without much thought to how he'd feel about it. He never got over it. Why should he have? We'd violated him. That's the whole thing right there. There's no way to make it not awful. We raped his brain to save ourselves. Ah, but in the new timeline, we hadn't done that. My blundering through the past led me to chomping on the Antichrist instead of him. And Laura...